0: Welcome to the Dividend Talk Podcast, Episode 84, The Start of Earnings Season. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Dividend Talk. Today we're going to talk about earnings from popular European and US stocks you on the inside. European DJ earnings season has started. How does that make you feel?
1: Oh, really excited, uh, EMF. And you know why? this is the time that we get all the european uh, dividend increases i know that this week was still a lot of american but next week you know royal Dutch shell is also coming out so big cash flows coming up but yep. and then afterwards aholt and everything so we will hear all these annual dividend hikes i've got really high expectations probably easy to do- disappoint me but i'm really really looking forward
0: yeah it's, it's a really big time for for european companies so i'm looking forward to to what's to come. We, we do have a couple of European companies this week uh, with some massive hikes. I know we, we'll talk about some of them coming up like Louis Vuitton and stuff, so we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, usually we talk a little bit of news. To be honest, we have so many, so many companies that we want to talk about. I only have something small, which is around Pfizer. Pfizer have got their pill approved in Europe for COVID-19. That was very good timing for me actually because I sold a put option on them i wrote it in my blog i do a little screener and sort of put option and it, it they obviously jumped in price because of uh, on the back of this news so it's good news for for option sellers like me and good news for for pfizer obviously because this is going to be recurring revenue now from 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 COVID.
1: so this is a pill that you take when you get the early symptoms of COVID, right yeah
0: yeah and uh, uh, i believe there's another company that's uh, gone for me in the states have approval in the states Merck is it Merck I think Merck have I have might be yeah um but yeah it's i mean Pfizer have got approval in Europe and I believe the UK have bought something like 2.7 million pills or something yeah. like that so they, they've already started to to, sh- to take in orders for
1: no well, i wonder what the anti vaxxers will think about the pill it
0: could be it could be be anti-pills as well
1: yeah exactly the anti-pill movement i can see them already marching through the streets
0: yeah but it'll be interesting to see how how it reduces or what effect effect that has i suppose with the with the vaccine now going to be annual i believe in most countries this with the pill it should hopefully allow people to to move on
1: yeah. So I saw a warning from the scientists that we shouldn't think now that it, that the virus will continue to be weaker and weaker because it really depends on the um, on the mutations that we will be seeing. So it was kind of don't celebrate too early. Uh, and and scientifically that that's correct. So let's see if that is indeed what we uh, end up with because so far all the time the expectations that we have are disappointing us uh, half a year later. So I'm yeah. a bit uh, yeah. on the side on this one. Anyway, but, uh, yeah. We don't like COVID stuff anymore. It's good yeah. for Pfizer. I don't own shares, so
0: yeah, yeah. I I was saying it only it only piqued my interest because of my option trade. On other than that, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been twice at it. Yeah, but that's enough now of COVID nineteen talk. Um, we have plenty of companies here, plenty of earnings, plenty of of good news, and, and maybe some bad news to to talk about. So we move on and and talk a little bit about some of the companies we've we've looked into this week. Um, I might I might start because one of the companies that that really interests me is a company called Teradyne, and that's ticker T E R. Um, I suppose for me personally, they stand out because of their industrial automation segment. Um, they I don't know if you know, but they own Universal Robots and a company called M I R, which is mobile mobile robots. And in the place that we work at the moment, we, we do use universal robots. And more importantly, we've brought in this MIR uh, mobile, ro- those actual MIR robots in. And they're, they're quite cool, um, they're really easy to use. I love working with them, very flexible. It's, it's given us a whole new dynamic and work that we never had before. Uh, what I will say is that the support in Ireland is not so good, but I believe their support in, in Europe and the US is, 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 a lot, is a lot better. But I'm interested in the company because of those. That's what that's what led me to them, and I, I follow them quite a bit. And they've had quite quite a good year, actually. Again, the share price took off really over the last two years, and you, you can see why. Last year, they grew revenue by 17%. And so they had revenue in the quarter. They had nearly one billion, so nearly 900 million revenue, so 17% growth. Um, earnings per share grew about 29%. Universal Robots, which I spoke to you about, grew 22% in, in that quarter, 41% in the whole year. MIA Revenue, um, which is the mobile robots, grew 46% in that quarter. That, that could have been because of my, my company, I don't know. Um, and they also grew 42% in the year. So they're, they're really, really big numbers. Um, the quarterly dividend increased to... Uh, 44 cent over the year so they have a really tiny that th- they would not interest you from a differential point of view i think it's 0.3 0.4 percent and but their, their growth is quite good um so it's a company that that i like i would not be buying them above 100 i think about 120 dollars last time i looked maybe as low as 110 I, I wouldn't be buying them anywhere near that price but it's a company that i really like and i will be looking out from the the one thing i will say is that if you are looking at them they have said that they expect 2022 to slow down um particularly with their semiconductor uh, segment so they rely a lot on companies like um taiwan semiconductor and apple they make the chips from and we know that they've pushed out some of the technology the three nanometer technology to 2023 Because they're so heavily reliant on, I think it's about four or five companies in that segment, it makes up a 65% of that revenue. So when they push that out, it obviously has a knock on effect. So that's something to be aware of in 2022, but then they'll make that back up in, in 2023.
1: Cool. Yeah, I think it's always nice to um, follow companies that you use at work, right, for which you use their equipment, because you can actually get constant feedback on how the company is performing, which is, yeah. in some cases, for the companies that we discussed today, really, really difficult, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's how I've, I found this company. It was through research of these mobile robots, and I came across them, and the client of capitalists had actually mentioned Teradine before, so it, it twigged when we know he's great at finding little gems like this and and then when i put the two and two together i started researching and they are a really really nice company actually
1: yeah super super well um it sounds like at least need to have a look at it and look a little bit at the product uh, i said product portfolio and are these robots like with two legs and two arms that just walk beside you or are you talking about different kind of robots no they're the mobiles They're the, like
0: cars and Ah, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. We we've okay. had to mo- modify them to, to suit our needs, but we put yeah. product in and out and they carry them from one place to the other quite quite quickly as well and they're and quite I intelligent. See. If if I was to walk in front of one, it will it will stop and go around me and, and find its way in.
1: <laughs> this must be so awkward in, in, the, no, in the
0: workplace no I, I, we thought that when, when we were setting it up you you have to do all this testing so you, you test that and you have to make sure it doesn't crash into people or crash into barriers and you do all kind of awkward stuff but on a day-to-day basis honestly we just walk as normal you forget that they are um they just navigate around you
1: and i will talk to my boss because it sounds like the perfect coffee delivery system for in the office it... <laughs> actually right you love this when
0: we when we started testing them we had no machines to test them so we, we wanted to make sure that they were they were working so we used to <laughs> deliver coffee <laughs> down to the office <laughs> and, and, and
1: honestly it was perfect <laughs> <laughs> really expensive probably for only such a service but uh, yeah nice yeah order. worth it completely worth it <laughs> cool I, Now, now that we're in that space right I think uh, I saw already some questions on Facebook let's also talk a bit about Intel because they also reported their earnings and <laughs> yeah eight percent down yeah and that was massive right and we know that Intel is one of the darlings of the uh, dividend growth community yeah. um actually I also started initiating a position in it I bought also something after the earnings decline because look what, why the earnings went down uh, and I also made a video about it today uh, actually so if people want to have a longer story around it, look me up on YouTube you will see my last videos about the Intel earnings but effectively the gross margins are declining where in 2012 they still had a gross margin of 62 percent now they are forecasting uh, let's say 52 percent I read even somewhere uh, later on this evening also 49 percent and this has to do with the increased cost basis um and um, But this is here to stay, and it should co- not come as a surprise. And that's what I'm surprised about, right? That It continuously comes as a, as a, as a surprise because on their day in November, they already said, we will have lower yeah. margins, right? Yeah. Now reality kicks in, and then the guidance seems to be still uh, disappointing to people or investors. So I don't know, maybe they only look once a quarter at the company and not in the events in between. I don't know why that is. Um, And and yes, um, there there is something what I read also in the commentary later that Pat Gelsinger is uh, not answering the questions that some investors want to have. But I think like, yeah, he should answer them straight, right? But if I look at the um, earnings transcript and I read all of it, I just see a guy on fire. Yeah, he's taking a, a shit situation that Bob Swan his predecessor created and the predecessor before. And he's turning it around. And when you're in a the turnaround, these are typical days that you have. Yeah. yeah. The, this happens. We saw it also three months ago. Quickly, it came back again to the price from before. Might do it again, might not do it. Might stay here for longer. But this is a turnaround play now. And uh, I believe now, based on the investments, as soon as the first, I think they call them shells, come up. Well, yeah. uh, and they actually, what well, is nice, Pat Gelsinger says, like, we start with the buildings. We ordered, of course, something at ASML, and then later we'll figure out if this will be the foundry or the design, uh, but we need to start building this stuff already, right? At the same time, they have this CHIPS Act that uh, is in front of Congress with 52 billion. Yeah. So I see a lot of catalysts here. I feel like they're probably somewhere this year reaching the bottom of of their, um, how is it, of, of, of how much they are behind a- AMD and TSMC, yeah. But I see the hockey stick coming up soon. And this will not be translated in earnings yet. Yeah, this not yet, but we will see it in product launches first, all these kinds of things. And then after that, earnings will come as a as a as a follow-up. So that's why I started to buy because with Microsoft I noticed that's the time to buy, like one year before you feel that this will kick into the numbers, because once it gives some evidence in the numbers, the stock shoots away because it's being pressured down because of this market sentiment.
0: I th- I think it's too premature to say that he he is turning it around. I think I think he's laying the foundations to turn it around, but I don't see the evidence that it's it's turning yet because like you said that that year beforehand is is always going to be a struggle and, and whether it works or not we don't know yet. We don't know. No. We don't know, but he's certainly making the right moves. And like you, I'm very I, I am and i'm not surprised about about the price drop because if you re- remember in a, a chat that we were having on twitter with some of the some of the community and they're talking about buying puts before earnings and and i made the comment i don't know if you showed this will probably drop after earnings but but I, I suppose our community are maybe more bullish on on intel and and maybe that sentiment was taken over but i'm not surprised because one they haven't done anything yet and people are people do have a short term focus yes. and what what i think and what, what's been happening over the last two or three quarters is earnings come out the margins go down they don't really give you much in terms of guidance and um, what's going to happen it's very light on, on that uh, because invest, they can't yeah but, but they can't yeah. but what, what they do is that they they say we have an investors day on i think it's early yeah, yeah. Early. So so what happens is earnings come out they don't give much on that it goes down investors relations they come around they hype it up, invest go, Oh, actually, yeah, yeah, no, this sounds good again. Then they start buying the price will go exactly. Back up, and exactly. that's exactly, and that's the cycle we are in at the moment until they build their, their buildings and they start producing. So, that's I think yeah. I said that to you I was in no rush to buy these above 50. I had full confidence they're going to come back down. I yeah. bought some shares, I sold some put options. Whether they get a sign or not, I don't know. I don't care if they do, I want them to, but I believe it will go back up over 50 after after the relations investor relations and then next quarter the same cycle will happen until, yeah, I, I,
1: I think as well until they nail it and we need to see evidence in the numbers yeah. first we don't see it yet the um, there was a large impact of uh working capital on the current cash flow so i also have sometimes a feeling that they do this kind of to i said to under promise and later over deliver yeah. yeah because they are setting themselves up for next year beating their free cash flow a lot because of the working capital issues Uh, these issues are to do with uh, accounts receivables and inventories right Um, so there is some performance in these numbers as well that could be better but other than that um, I didn't I didn't see anything that bad in the numbers and in the guidance that for me justifies because eight or nine percent right in, in two days is a really steep market decline this is not yeah. uh, like like a near miss this you should usually consider as a big miss yeah
0: but i mean you're you're talking a lot of people a lot of comes to me the margins are down the margins are down the margin is down over the full year from 56%, this is gap, right? Gap yeah. gap 56% down to 55.4. You're talking about 0.5. Yeah, but 6%. the
1: guidance is going to 52 51 the, So I yeah. calculated that, right? So I think what is the um what is the earnings per share at the moment? Is it like 4.8, 4.86? I yeah. calculated that. Uh just on the back on the napkin. We're talking about uh, an earnings per share. If you would have those margins around 390, 4 that is a big drop right if and I did it just like by deducting it taking 2021 in account taking yeah. lower margin letting it uh, filter through the uh, uh, through the income statement and then I came to such an earnings per share it is a big drop yeah and then your multiple goes up so from that point of view it makes sense because a three four uh, percent how is it difference in margin trickles down to probably fifteen to twenty percent lower earnings per share so, it is not a little thing, but what I mean with it, it's, it has already been widely communicated.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, I think investors have a short-term view, really, because nobody seems to be looking at the bigger picture here. You, you have to be, you have to be aware that this is, as you said, a turnaround play. Quite clearly, it, it's, a, it's a gamble that is going to turn around. that's that's where you are if you're invested in this company it has to be for for that reason because it's not it's not making money at well not making your money in terms of total return at the moment dividend growth is quite slow capital appreciation is slow so you're not betting on it right now you're betting on it in the next five years five to ten years yes Yeah, yeah
1: yeah and for instance i would never buy intel if it would be of my first 10 stocks I wouldn't mm. yeah, I'm talking here about a portfolio with already 40 stocks in there, so I yeah. feel really comfortable with this. i I typically have two, three turnaround plays, and that's fine, but if these will be my core holdings, my core 10 holdings, I think there are 10 10 better other stocks than Intel out here.
0: Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. For me, they're in the same bracket as Walgreens. I mean that's same- yeah, 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 exactly,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Okay, good, and and as as you said, check out your check out your video if you want the more in depth knowledge of your thinking and and what, how you feel about the company. But uh, I saw nothing in there of concern, so I'm still a happy investor. Um, let's move on to Texas Instruments. Uh, it's, I mean, for me, they are a lot like Johnson and Johnson. They are just like clockwork all the time, just ticking along pushing out big numbers i mean revenue increased again 19 percent year over year uh, some of our industries have done really really well and um, automotive is starting to come back around so that's maybe suggesting that maybe the chip shortage is starting to to bottom out and starting to to get a grip on that um and what i really love about this company if, if you if you read if you, if you read through their report and then you you go on to their uh, website and just about us they focus on cash flow growing yes. free cash flow and i love it i love seeing that um, it is printed everywhere and one statement I just want one read out to said we believe the growth of free cash flow per, per share is the primary driver of long-term value i agree with that like th- that just that just suits me down to a t and it's a company that, that i love um and they give you all the growth estimates in free cash flow so 12 yeah. percent free cash flow per share annual growth between 2004 and 2020 i mean it's it's
1: so i was uh looking into the company last week i also yeah. included in one of the videos uh, did a further analysis on it for myself it is like five to ten percent above my uh, uh fair value price so maybe i'm i don't know maybe i'm a cheap dutch guy i i don't know but it's like just like so nearby and i didn't buy it yet but i'm thinking like maybe i should just buy one share just to have it in my portfolio to honor this management because to your point they align so much with what i want to have 20 of those companies in my portfolio of such a philosophy yeah Yeah. this is what creates long-term shareholder wealth and long-term dividend growth
0: yeah and i mean they, they they give you the Usually they give companies give you their payout ratio against their earnings. They give it you against their cash flow, which is sixty-two percent. Exactly, there's plenty of room for that dividend to grow. I'm I'm like you. I I I find it really hard to value this company. I never expect them to grow as as much as they do every year. They seem to just post big numbers, and I I don't expect it. And I should I should maybe so I have them priced a little bit high so then when i buy them i buy them in trenches of one share or two shares yeah but i really want to own a lot more shares than that so i i I add them in drips and drabs one a month here one a month there and and try and build up from from there yeah
1: so my analysis tells me that their fair value is 166 dollars what are they
0: trading at now is 173 ish
1: yeah something in the
0: high 170s yeah yeah Uh, i buy one or two shares
1: I should, right? Okay, I'll do the Monday. <laughs>
0: okay, let's get some European companies in here, shall we?
1: Yeah, in the end, we're a dividend. Dividendal. Come on. <laughs> Have you heard about Louis Vuitton and their numbers?
0: I saw briefly online their numbers and they were quite Okay, stable. so
1: brace, brace for impact. Revenue, 44.5 billion last year. This year, 64.2 billion. Wow. A change of 44% driven by a 36% organic growth. I mean, this is insane. They're fashion and leather goods. I believe all these bags, right? Yeah. 21 billion to f- almost 31 billion. I mean, I still need to find people in my surroundings that w- that have Louis Vuitton. says a lot about my surroundings, by the way. But I still need to find them. And somehow they found a lot of, I guess, women maybe some guys for a belt as well that bought for 31 billion in in these kinds of handbags i mean it's crazy
0: crazy i mean i uh, they're not in my circle but in in my wife my wife's circle she has um a couple of friends and they are very into fashion and they buy a lot of Louis Vuitton bags and i can tell you they are certainly not cheap they are not no. cheap
1: thank them for us although i'm not a shareholder yet but <laughs> the, the second part on that because we always complain about european companies right they hiked their dividend from 6 euro to 10 euro per share well it's good to know they lost their dividend aristocrat status as a european company in 2020 because as part of the pandemic they cut their dividend from 6 euro to 4 euro 80. then yeah. last year they hiked hike it back to 6 euro but now they hiked it to 10 euro you know when when you see this kind of stuff yeah i wonder why why did you guys do this is this policy so important yeah uh but it's such yeah. a pity because it drops us off as well right
0: if 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 you look at it we look at it as a status okay they, they've lost their the status okay but think about it from, from their point of view we've got this crisis coming in people are locked down what do these guys sell? they sell luxury goods right people are not going out you don't need to buy a Louis Vuitton bag. Who's going to see it? Okay. You don't need to buy the watches, the jewelry. Um, you might not even buy the, the spirits or the wines. So in their mind, we, we cut the dividend now, we protect what we have, and then if we return back to growth or if we exceed, we, we'll increase it, which is exactly what they've done. I, I just think it's good management. I really think that's uh, good
1: management. I, I think it's also good management, but I'm egocentric here because I'm a dividend growth <laughs> investor
0: yes yes it, it it is but i have no problem with a company doing what they've done i do have a problem with a company that would cut it and then return back to where they are and not either reinstate or reinstate at a lower rate
1: yeah so what for instance NN group and asr did the insurance companies in netherlands they reinstated it once they were allowed uh, from the from the central banks again right yeah then they they paid it even with the next dividend that's what i like But this one, I I feel like, you know, at the moment when they cut it, I already found it like premature. Mm. And yeah, that's what I really think. I think they were really conservative with this one. And uh, why why is this important? Look, in a diversified portfolio, it doesn't matter too much, right? If you have one such a stock that, that cuts the dividend by 20%. But imagine EMF if you're living off the dividends and you've got like five or six of those companies in there. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Then becomes a different story, and that's why I am picky on those companies to continue to increasing the dividends. Like like you say, it's good management. Probably if it if I would be it, I would do the same. But if you know they have like thousands of people living off your dividend, I think you have also a bit of a responsibility there. Least towards me, but yeah. I I don't own the share yet, so maybe they felt like, oh, if EDGI doesn't have the <laughs> shares yet, we can cut it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but no, but that that's a valid point because if you are living off dividends, you you probably are in a, aristocrats, uh, whether European, Canadian, or US. You you are more than likely going to be in aristocrats because they are the ones that are, quote unquote, safe or safer And often. that you can
1: count on yes. during stress.
0: yeah Yeah. But that's why we diversify our portfolios with companies such as intel
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> to create some other shit in the portfolio <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> okay hey then uh, another one our uh, german sap um they got quite hammered also after the earnings and i can tell you a similar story to uh, intel their guidance was not strong enough so you know From that point of view, if you look at the IFRS numbers, right, they went down uh, in the fourth quarter from one Euro 62 to one Euro 24, but from a non-IFRS, so more like comparable numbers, they went up from one Euro 70 to one Euro 86. Their cloud business is growing finally. So somehow they're able to, 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 you know, get their people transformed or get their clients transformed to the cloud because no company can do something with their as a software it's really but you have they have a really really strong lock-in and they seem to be the only ones that have the key to get those people those clients in the cloud and they earn money of that so this is good so i hate their software the usability sucks i love their monopoly and almost and their business model from that so they're growing cloud but investors are impatient because impatient because SAP is really, really one of the last dinosaurs out of the IT world, even later than IBM, that really started shifting to the cloud. And they're just impatient because you see the numbers of Microsoft, you know, you see the numbers of other cloud vendors. Then SAP is just not hitting the mark when you compare, that, compare them with the industry peers. That's why the share price is down. Um You can get it now at a non-IFRS EPS multiple of 18, which is cheap for a company like uh, SAP. I expect the dividend to be announced uh, sometime soon. I didn't see the dividend announcement yet with the press release. I think it probably comes with the annual report. So mixed bag, uh, generally okay-ish numbers, as what I would have expected from SAP, but the market is not happy enough.
0: Yeah, but look, it's good to see cloud growth because that's essentially... The future of it really isn't it that's where they're going to, to better late than never, right yeah yeah so yeah. i mean uh, they are they are extreme laggards in, in that scenario but they have yeah. such a such a lock-in they can afford to be laggards that's, that's yeah the... so
1: what i did last year i after my analysis that that time i bought some shares for i think 95 euro yeah and i sold them at 125 because when it was there and i saw the earnings coming in for like okay no, I'm pulling out again. Uh, I might come back one day once they really hit the mark again, but now I thought like no this this will take me too long to to get any you know proper dividend yeah. dividend return out of this mm-hmm.
0: okay um and there's a company called Elisa I think yeah might...
1: Elisa, and Elisa. I wanted to touch upon this one because we've never spoken about a Finnish company here. Nope. And I know we have some listeners from Finland. So to everyone listening from Finland, this one is an honor of you. We are at show 84. It's about time we get a finished stock in here. So Elisa is effectively their um, national telecom provider. And what I like about this company, actually, before I even look into the numbers, that they have been growing their dividends since 2005. In the period between 2005 and 2011, I believe they gave a lot of special dividends. There was clearly going something on in the company there. But they have been just growing the dividends um and they just hiked it from one euro 95 to two euro five and you know unlike other telecom companies in europe like vodafone or something like or orange where you cannot count on the dividends we've got one in finland it's currently yielding at a four percent dividend yield so i find it in general an attractive company um and if you look at their revenue uh, it has been growing again with uh, uh, several percentages to five to half a billion effectively uh, mobile is going up um cash flow went a little bit uh, down due to capex i guess it has to do a lot with uh, uh, 5g but what is also nice about Finland as such that it's quite um a progressive progressive company when it comes to adoption of technology in IT so you know they're always a little bit on the edge here of, of 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 innovation from what i've seen and yeah i think it's just it's an interesting company to do some uh, further deep dive on and to see if i really want it in my portfolio i don't have a tel- telecom yet i had for a while ATT, also a dividend cut with the spin-off so this is probably one of the few telecoms in the world where you can still See a growing dividend with uh, Verizon, yeah, um, but but the most of the popular ones have all like uh, not such a good track record at the moment.
0: A, a growing dividend and looking at their share price, it is going up the way, unlike AT and T or or Verizon, which is flat or dropping. So they they look they look like an interesting company. And just reading some of the highlights, um, and in the highlights they have prepaid subscribers decreased. By ten thousand three hundred, i don't know if that's a highlight or, or a low light but i mean i don't know enough about the company so it's de- it's definitely one that i'd like to look into a bit more and you can buy them in euro can't you it's not they are euro. yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So. well you know the the financial highlights are as how i know finnish people um often quiet but when they say something it's meaningful and direct
0: yeah yeah, yeah. bit like dutch
1: no, they make a lot of noise, and they're still direct and considered rude. <laughs> the Finnish people are not considered rude. Think about uh, Formula One, Räikkönen. Come on, he's, he's the perfect example. Yeah, yeah no that's... bullshit. Yeah. he delivers straight to the point. Yeah, exactly.
0: No, inter- inter- interesting company, and probably one of the better um, telecommunications to to look at. So we might we might cover them on our show. Maybe it might we'll yeah? do that. Yeah. Be,
1: maybe we should yeah. interview the CEO. Yeah,
0: that'd be awesome. Let's, let's try and make that happen. Um, the, next, we'll go back to some American companies now. So we have Microsoft. I mean, there's not a whole lot we can say about this company that we haven't said before. They just knocked it out of the park again. There's, I mean, they just keep hitting revenue 19, 20, 21% increases year after year, quarter after quarter. I mean, it's just.
1: How can you get used to this, right? I can't. I see people getting used to this, but I cannot get used to a 20% um uh, revenue growth of a multi trillion dollar company
0: but i mean you, you know what's going to happen right they, they'll post a, a high single digit growth number and the proverbial tank <laughs> i mean it's going to be
1: well i will be there with the truck waiting for it to load yeah, it up yeah but that, because because people are just getting so
0: used to these huge numbers i mean 20% is becoming the norm which is even crazy to say that out loud but that's yeah. becoming the absolute norm with these guys um so
1: so when i did my uh, fair value assess- assessment of microsoft i believe I was um calculating with a 15 percent uh growth yeah on earnings yeah so you know and then i got to a 250 uh, 250 fair value and people were telling me it's too high and now they, now they have like what is it an increase of 22 percent again also in earnings so i was underestimating the the growth potential of this company so for me uh, around 300 280 it's probably still at fa- fair value so if people yeah. bought the dip i congratulate them they've got a really great stock in their portfolio of course can go down to 100 can also go up to 500 that's why we invest i'm just wondering like when will Sacha nadella ever become one of the richest persons in the world i know that he's not a founder but for me he deserves to be in the top five at the moment with his leadership skills he deserves to be one of the richest persons in the world
0: all he has to do is load up on on shares he's laughing
1: yeah yeah exactly options
0: yeah so i mean look we, we could go deeper we've spoke about this company yeah a whole lot well what's actually interesting for me is the xbox xbox content that has grown 10 percent or grew 10 percent and that's without that's going to go through so could you imagine that's going to start hitting 20 percent at some point as well and you're going to have every yeah. single
1: segment hitting 20 percent. yeah exactly exactly yeah but it's amazing company and like you said we often me, mentioned it really often so let's go then to the next one visa uh,
0: weren't, weren't visa dead in the water there about three months ago when? yeah
1: visa was dead two three <laughs> months ago yeah oh <laughs> fucking hell come on because the uk uh i said amazon uk didn't want to accept visa payments i mean like 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 well, the uk matters from that point yeah, of view right
0: yeah. no no only visa credit card so visa debit card yeah, was, yeah. Was fine
1: so, and they reinstated it again right of course it is of course it they did they had to. <laughs> <laughs> so i it was just above my buying price and then you know i'm really disciplined in this that's why i don't own those shares yet yeah, but everyone who bought this in a dip, you did, you did an amazing job because revenues up year over year, right? Uh, from a Q1 point of view, what we're talking about now, not full year earnings, 24% up. Earnings, 29% up. No wonder that the stock went 10% up. These are just awesome numbers. Um, payments volume increased 20% cross-border volume 51 percent, and they they earn a lot of money on this uh, stuff right cross-border so in my opinion they knocked it out of the park uh, around christmas effectively that's what we're talking about right massively people spending spending money uh, and i guess the lockdowns helped a little bit with that uh, still all over the world around christmas yeah Yeah, so it might also be a bit boosted because of that but if you look at this company, and they're they're the highest margin business I've ever seen. What do they have 80 percent margin or something like that?
0: I mean, where 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 could our cost actually be like? I mean, the cost is yeah. passed on to everybody else. I mean, exactly. The banks and have to use their own equipment. I mean, it's 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 a yeah big...
1: yeah yeah. What what I even when I studied the company, I, what I found amazing was that even the logo in your bank card, right? They get royalties for that yeah because it's they don't create the bank cards the credit cards is what the yeah, banks do exactly. they, they, they pay visa to put the logo on it because then people want to take their credit cards because they know it's supported by visa that's what i call a moat and yeah. and people telling me that fintech will kill this i don't believe that really quickly because it has such a, a brand power of course if they don't do anything with it all good companies can go bust in the end um but if, I think they could really, really also do something with blockchain here, and I believe they are already doing. So yeah. Um, I don't think they will be easily wiped out by um, a fintech company, and they're, the only thing that could uh, prevent them from being successful is, like, internal uh, stupid, stupidness. But I think they have all it takes to be still there for the next 20, 30, 40 yeah. years.
0: And themselves, a the Mastercard, really, I think, have... Have huge opportunities, and you actually took the question out of my mouth. I was going to ask you because you hear this fintech companies are going to disrupt it, and and but but these guys are, are on the cusp of that as well. I mean, they're, they're not going to yeah. be easy to, to overturn. A fintech company might come in, but they're never going to overtake these guys in one, two, three, four, even five years' time. It's going to be yeah.
1: next one possible, yeah, 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 exactly. And I visa doesn't come across as a company that is not. Uh watching what's happening outside and secondly it doesn't come across as a company that doesn't understand the external pressures and what it takes to fight them maybe i'm wrong maybe if there's a person listening to us uh, that works at visa tells us like no this company is poorly managed it's lazy Uh, we are asleep let us know but this is not the feeling i get from studying their materials
0: yeah yeah i know it's a it's a brilliant company i I remember when that when that price dropped on that news I sold a port option um, and I had them and I had Alibaba and at the time I, I was expecting a quick bounce on both and I, I wanted to hold on to the Visa ones and not the Alibaba ones because um, I was expecting it, but what actually happened was reverse that, that bumped up, Alibaba didn't. So I was forced to sell that one early because, because of the margin and, and to keep it. So I'm quite disappointed with with, with that outcome, considering how, how well they've done. But I mean, it's a company I would love, I would love to own, but it's a company. It's one of these companies. And I I've spoke to Dividend Wave. They, they always seem expensive. It was like Microsoft. They, they always seem expensive. But then when I look back six months later, I should have bought them six months ago. And they're always that type of company for me. And I just don't know how to value them. And I, I, I might just have to do what I told you to do with Texas Instruments, just buy a couple of shares. Just...
1: First, watch my video about Visa. I made one in December. It will tell you how I value them, and I think it's still conservatively. When the price dropped, it was really near by my uh, buy order. It just didn't trigger it because I don't feel like overpaying for a company. But probably I was too greedy there as well, 3 4%. But you know, I, I am greedy when it has a low yield in return. So it's yeah. simple like that.
0: We'll move on to some questions from our listeners.
1: Yeah, the first one is from Lawrence Hembrook and he is asking like, when you are investing with a limited budget, let's say 100 euro per month, would you rather buy one or two more expensive stocks? So like, I guess, 50 euro per per share, or would you opt to get multiple cheaper stocks? Um, I think you're
0: asking the wrong question. I, I think you need to keep your fees as low as possible. Yeah. um if you buy one or two share one share of, of 100 euro stock or two shares of 50 euro stock it doesn't really matter no uh, the, it's really your fees is what's going to kill you with uh, investing at, at those low amounts so i would I would keep i would keep them as low as possible and that probably means buying one company a month and, and so on
1: i i would um look i, I um usually we don't pitch brokers here right but I would go in this case to trading two one two because they have fractional shares and I believe interactive brokers as well yeah I would go for fractional shares then you can buy everything you want and don't really worry too much about the hundred euro uh, uh, per month you can just accumulate into stock also when the stock costs like Google two and a half thousand dollars or something like that so I would try such a broker in that case
0: Um, So Fire Fire Pete has asked us, when you write covered puts, do you sometimes take earlier profits to write other puts? Or do you always let your puts expire? Um, I most of the time will try and take around 50 to 75 percent of profit, um, depending on, uh, depends on a few things. Sometimes I might let them expire, but I I, I tend to take them early. So Pfizer, for example, I have have an order in there. I sold the put option, and straight away I set my target to fifty percent. So that will trigger out when it, tr- it was. It was quite close today. Um, it might get there by Monday or
1: Tuesday, I would imagine. Yeah, so I, I do something similar. I think half of my covered puts, they, um, I said they expire worthless, and the other half, um, I buy back effectively. And why do I do that? I had it with the uh, Viatrix the other day. I bought it in 27 december and i believe on 14 january it dropped to 10 cents or something like that for the option so i made already like i don't know um uh, 40 cents in this case and i bought two put options uh sold to put options so why wait another one and a half month for the for the option to expire when it's trading at 10. i made almost all my profits already in 10 days so then i have opportunity costs i can i can unlock the money that was covered right and I can sell another put option again that is yep. then again 50 or 60 cents and yep. and get that back to 10 percent. so usually when it really gets to those low digit numbers the risk also becomes too big that there's a certain price shock to the stock and then suddenly you are still in the red so then it take profits just
0: unless of course it's a company I want to own at a particular price so like I have for seniors at 32. I could sell that now for for quite a healthy profit. But I actually want to own them at 32. So I will, I will hold yeah. on and, and maybe hope that it drops.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But when the price is low, usually this because it's not going to, to yeah. be cold, right? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, Tommy has asked for our comments on SAP,
0: SAP's earnings. I mean, you gave your your thoughts on that already. Um, Jeff has asked us in the US, we have uh, CSX and UNP for trains. I think they're tickers and shipping. Is there any dividend payers in the same
1: way in Europe? So when it comes to trains, I'm not aware of it. You can go to train manufacturers like Siemens, but I believe that almost all the um, railway companies are semi-public in in Europe or fully public, so I'm not aware of them. Um, So otherwise, you you would need to go to Siemens uh, or such a company that builds trains. When it comes to shipping, what's the shipping company again called in Norway, the big one? Oh
0: begins with a B. my no, bunkers up, I, I can't remember. I can't remember Bunkers. Was, like, something <laughs> I can't, I can't remember.
1: Okay, so I know that there I, I will look it up and maybe we can put it in the description of the podcast, but I believe there is a company in Norway that is really big that also pays dividends. But uh, sorry, Jeff, I, I don't have the knowledge present. Was well, good to know we we take these uh questions live in the show we don't prepare too much for this uh, sometimes we might skim through but most of the times we just take them as they come so no my present knowledge uh, can't give you an answer quickly
0: i'm just trying to find that company's name quickly and i i, I can't okay we'll, we'll we'll try we'll try to find it but there, there was one in norway that was tipped to us it wasn't it was a, a new enough company i believe so they, the they the dividend history is not quite there, so I, I don't know. Um, we covered it before, but we'll we'll try and we'll try and post it in the in the notes here. Um, Dave has asked us. He's watched your video on Intel's earnings. Um, he knows you start a position. How big is it going to be in, in comparison to your current portfolio? Uh,
1: relatively small Dave because I work with four tiers and when I initiate a new position in company it can never get to tier one or two tier two directly that's kind of the safety net I put in to not fall in love with a stock um hence I mentioned to myself that it will be maximum tier three which means it cannot be more than two percent of my portfolio if you look at it from the portfolio on which I want to retire so it won't be uh, my biggest position anytime soon unless the company suddenly triples in price then it might grow into it but uh, not based on the uh, cost It will, i yeah for what i need to pay up let's say okay um we have one from
0: dividend.exe and he says hi mates how many hours do you guys spend on earnings and what is the most important view in the report? And we can not say the obvious boring things like revenue, free cash flow, EPS, net income,
1: and so on. So I spend many hours on earnings, but not on a single company, right? So what I usually do is I, I read the first earnings uh, bullets that every press release has. And then I go straight away to to the three financial statements. I scan through the statements. If something catches my attention that is awkward i'll go into the footnotes um, that's how i do it when i'm um, let's say reading earnings releases if i'm making investment decisions i usually uh, go much deeper and read few annual reports like one or two three from the last years i try to fe- get a feeling for the company uh, how they've been evolving over those years whether they are delivering on their promises that they do in the in the, in the annual reports and then you can easily say that i'm a week busy with a company what i look at is um, revenue free cash flow eps net income but i also look at uh, working capital i look at uh, how much it is investing in R&D. I always like um, capex to be kind of around 30 percent of free cash flow that's kind of a healthy balance what i've observed in most of the companies um, so yeah you need to really look at this kind of stuff but I also look at uh, the balance sheet from a depth point of view I mean in the end what I can tell you is that the three financial statements they exist for a reason and they they every individual financial statement has a flaw or shortcomings but the three together shows you how the money moves and what's really the the quality of the company so i think every item in one of those three financial statements is important and you have to learn a little bit accounting to understand that because revenue can be can be manipulated eps can be manipulated net income as well and even free cash flow can be manipulated via working capital adjustments so yeah a lot of time
0: yeah uh I, I spend a, a little bit of time as well, but I mean I do I do some writing for Sure Dividend, which which I've said before. I don't cover any of the companies I write for on my blog or podcast because it's it's separate and it wouldn't be fair to those guys. Um but I spend a good bit of time on that. I don't spend actually enough time on the companies in my own portfolio because of that, but I I don't really need to. Um only what we cover here on the podcast I, I skim through them. I prefer to look at the annual reports. When the annual reports come down, I will read every one of them in my portfolio and take a little bit more time. And um, to answer your question about what's most important, except for the obvious born stuff, I re- I'm always really interested in what the CEO writes and what they say. Um, and it's, it's, there's always subtle hints, but I like I prefer to see him a straight talk, and I just want them to tell the truth. And that's 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 what I'm looking for. Just honestly, if they've had a shit time. They can't really say that, right? but they they can in 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 a way, they can they can always say we had huge pressures here, but here's where we're looking to improve. i just I just look at their sentiment and and see what the actual feeling is, and you just get a get a real feel for the company then from there. um so we have one then from. Uh, Aras Detum, and he's asked us <laughs> this is a really our question. I've seen this earlier. What is the best company with the worst product and the worst company with the best product?
1: Okay, well, you want to, yeah, you get first, right? I,
0: I was, I was gonna say the best company with the worst product, right? And I'm gonna be very biased here, but I'm gonna say Apple because they're a brilliant company. But I don't use any Apple products, I use uh, Microsoft or Windows and I have Android. So for me, I try to use a, an Apple Apple iPhone. It's completely alien to me. I try to use a Mac, and it just confuses me. So I mean, I hate those products because I don't use them every day,
1: so that's, that's my vote. So for me, the best company with the worst product is ServiceNow. ServiceNow is this kind of company that everyone is cheering for, but I've seen it implemented in our company out of the box, and it's shit like hell. I mean it's really not better than not that much better than sap or some of those companies and the worst company with the best product is for me uber i love uber i would never invest in it
0: joe you know, i was i was expecting you to say uh, your Tupperware company that that you invested in before because i think that's a fantastic product but yeah, it is. Are, but yeah. the the company obviously not great. And that, uh, good that, point. Yeah. That's the company that came to to mind for me. Yeah,
1: good one. Yeah, that one I could also choose indeed. Yeah. Um, the next question is from Life
0: with Dividends, and he wants to know about your thoughts about 3M uh, ticker MMM. Um, their stock price recently pl- uh, recently plunged after an earplug verdict went against them
1: yeah so so let's first think about the earnings right um earnings were actually quite good they went up yeah nothing uh, nothing bad there uh, 3m is struggling already for two three years right with having really lots of organic growth um I know that the company is an innovation powerhouse because um, last time I checked let's say what is it, 60 or 70% of their current products is only been around for 5 or 6 years because that's how much they innovate so from an uh, i said from a performance point of view it did well but then we get the air plug scandal right and we were talking a bit before the show about this 110 million verdict against 3m in the latest trial but what I'm mostly scared about is that they have been filed by more than 250,000 veterans and military personnel. And if we know one thing in what, or well, at least what we see and observe from Americans, they have veterans day and everything. They really, yeah. really honor their veterans. So, and I always have a feeling like you don't, you don't bully with veterans in the U S so if you've got the veterans against you in a lawsuit, I think you're really, really screwed and in the jury system in, 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 in 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 America, I think you're a double screwed. yeah, so I'm concerned about this risk, and I'm, yeah, I really don't feel happy with this,
0: yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting because i've I've started to uh, to analyze this company as part of my portfolio. So I said it's one of my goals. I wanted to analyze each company, and i was starting with three m. So I've just literally gone back through the last fifteen years annual reports and and taken all the figures from that. Um, and as you said, I, I think last year was actually quite decent. Um, they were quite stagnant for the last 10 years. They were going from 29 billion up to 32 billion in 2020. And now we've had a jump to 35 billion. So we had quite an increase this year. The gross margin actually rose 7% on, on that basis. as Well, we we know they're making a lot of gear with COVID and, and that, that quite helped them. But it was still quite a good year. So from a numbers point of view, and if I was to look purely at the numbers, when I run them through my sk- screen, I, I get a rating of 79 and and that's great. But I mean, you just can't buy just based on, on numbers and you have to think of the story, what happens in the future. And, and as we said, this could be something similar to buyer, um with yeah. Monsanto and it could or they could do. I mean, these guys are American. They might just do what Johnson Johnson does. They might be well used to litigation and say, screw you guys. We are spinning this company off and <laughs> and, and, and then it goes away and and if they do that yeah. great i mean great but um it, it's concerning litigation and and all this is, is always quite concerning and, uh, as you said the military in the us is i mean it's it's massive i mean, I yeah. mean they, they salute them i mean it, particularly with, with veterans thank you for your service and I, i'm sure they'll get huge sympathy from no matter what jury is up there and judge i mean if you if you're thinking who are you going to back a veteran or a, a multinational company. There's only going to be one winner there, and exactly. And if if you're looking at these kind of numbers, I mean, they can soak up 110 million. You look at the the free cash flow; it can go in there, and it wouldn't do too much damage. But it's not that 110 million. It's exactly. It's it's what can come
1: after. It's that. the precedent that it's set, setting here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: um... We're going to, we're going to see a, a lot more pressure on that that share price. Incidentally from my initial screener it looks like they are below my my fair value i have them at about 173 so they look like they're at a good price but they could easily drop 10 20 percent if this news keeps keeps coming yeah
1: i i truly hope that they will take the same lawyers as johnson johnson had the same legal team don't be too stubborn just kick your current legal team out take the ones from johnson johnson and get it settled
0: yeah i mean look I, I i don't know too much about the story and as an investor you want them to do right by us but as as a person if products have led to something you would like to hope that these families get looked after as well but i'm not american and I'm, I'm not you know I'm, I'm an exactly. investor so i want them to to just get it over and done with
1: good this is the end of the show again thank you for all the questions everyone and I mean, there was some really fun here uh, today here about the worst uh, product and such. If you want to engage more of us, follow us on Twitter. But even on the Dividend Talk Facebook group, we have more than 400 um, members now. So that's quite a milestone again, uh, EMF. So join these 400 members. There's activity going on, people chatting with each other, people sharing information with each other. Really nice place to be. But for now, um, spend some time with your family. Enjoy the podcast when you're listening to this. See you guys next week.
0: See you on the outside.